Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. Did you know that only 13% of salespeople worldwide think they get helpful coaching from their sales leaders, but 83% of the leaders of these reps think they are awesome at coaching? Head to xvoyant.com for the world's largest sales leadership resource center. Discover best practices in sales leadership, common pitfalls to avoid, and learn how to become a legendary sales leader with every rep on your team. Exvoyant will help you move past focusing only on your number and is your partner to start building a dominant sales dynasty. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will create new normals with every single rep on your team. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you create a sales dynasty faster than you ever thought possible. Now. Get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today we are joined by Marius Smith, Global Head of Sales and Operations at AdRoll Group. AdRoll's mission is to accelerate growth for B2B and B2C brands of all sizes, with their innovative technology powering a suite of data-driven marketing and advertising solutions. Their products are used by over 37,000 customers around the world to help understand, attract, and engage buyers in ways that drive growth for their businesses. Marius has made a very successful career of helping individuals and organizations successfully realize their growth goals at iconic companies around the world. I am so stoked to have Marius join us today and share his story. Marius, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Rob. It's, it's really great to be here. Yeah, I've been excited to get you on the show. I'm a fan of AdRoll. I'm a fan of what you do. You guys have built a, a really awesome global presence, and I can't wait to talk about uh, what you're doing to continue to help drive growth. But let's start sure. off the way I love to start. Uh, I would love uh, if you take just a couple of minutes and introduce AdRoll to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Um, not a problem uh, at all. And again, just delighted to be uh, given the opportunity to talk uh, talk with you guys, uh, not just about AdRoll, but also about my, my leadership journey um, on, on the sales side. Yeah, so ad, what AdRoll is, is AdRoll is essentially a, an advertising and marketing technology platform. And what we do is we... We bring together, uh, you know, everything that we believe that, you know, ambitious, uh, D2C, so direct to consumer brands, um, uh, business to consumer brands, what we believe that they need today in order to grow within uh, their individual customer segment. Uh, the, the platform itself actually provides products to target, um, audiences essentially, right? Uh, the, the things that we, uh, the things that we work, the, the partnerships that we work with, uh, we've got an extensive network of partners that, Give these brands, uh, what we, again, what we believe is the ability to segment and reach the, the, the right audience. And then we allow, we, we, we also give tools to be able to, 
to um, to deliver the right creative message, whether that's across static or, or dynamic advertising or video advertising, uh, depending on, on, on what the customer is looking for. We also provide tools that, you know, Help these help these audiences convert better once they've actually uh, engaged with uh, with the brands that we work with as well. And then on top of that, we we try to you know uh, give them uh, the opportunity to be as analytical and uh, you know use use measurement uh, to to guide any key marketing decisions and investment decisions they, that 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 these brands and companies might have uh, off the back of the engagement with customers. I think what look at what ultimately all adds up to is is better quality. Uh, customer traffic uh, to the uh, to to brands websites, uh, more sales ultimately, and uh, and better conversions on the website and the, and uh, and and across their marketing messages, and then more meaningful connections with the with the overall customers brands at the end of the day. Hey, that more sales, more conversions. I think that speaks the language of everyone, man. That's that's a that's that's something that every single person that's that's leading or or operating in sales. That, that's yeah, and there's, there's that an, forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's an interesting sort of uh, there's an interesting conversion happening between advertising and marketing technology today, which 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 puts you know sort of companies like Advil right at the forefront of uh, of being able to to bridge uh, to bridge that relationship between what is advertising, what is marketing, and on the technology side. So it's a really interesting place to be, and we're we're really excited to be continuing to roll out uh, the platform and the suite of products that we have across the platform as well. And, and and I don't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. But the other thing I think is so cool about what you do, Marius, is that's a place that's evolving fast. I mean, sales and marketing changes like I don't know how fast you'd say. It's it's. I always say it's not even your. I used to, you say it's not your daddy's sales world anymore. Your daddy's marketing world. It's not even your big sisters anymore. It's changing that fast, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like the type the types of customers companies that we work with today, uh, you know, range from having uh, fully fledged marketing departments right down to you know uh the the ceo being the the marketing leader the uh the advertising uh, you know sort of uh, leader uh or you know teams of small small individuals and uh trying to um really trying to promote their brands online and, and compete with uh, with bigger brands as well all right so i i want to do one last thing before we dive into your leadership blueprint because I, i'm just so excited uh to get your your perspective on this one of the things that our mm-hmm. listeners really enjoy, Marius, is they like to hear how uh, sales great leaders like you, how'd you get into sales, and, and ultimately, what what led you to AdRoll to have the opportunity to lead such a really cool group? Maybe you could give us just a high level on, on what your journey on how you found sales and, and ultimately ended up at AdRoll. Yeah. Uh, I, one thing that we, we, we very rarely do as leaders is we, we very rarely reflect on on the journey that we've had. Uh, it's certainly something that I I... I Try to do as much as I can, but um, you know, I, uh, you know, things like uh, like the the conversation today, Rob, really do give you an opportunity to sort of reflect where where things have uh, have come from. Uh, you know, there really isn't an area of sales that I haven't uh, you know touched or been part of. Um, you know, whether you're talking Love about that. my first my my very first selling job, which was in classified. Uh, you know, uh, really, really pounding the phones and yeah, pounding the phones and um, you know, selling classified print advertising. Uh, I was also on the road in my early sales career on uh, selling pharmaceuticals. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, I really enjoyed that sort of exposure right at the beginning of my career, um, uh, and I think probably foundational in terms of in terms of me understanding what I was uh, potentially good at, um, you know, things I wasn't good at, but but more so just sort of giving me the I think the raw raw materials to go and work with um, 
so yeah, look, so, was, so my early career really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed sales, really enjoyed the deal, really enjoyed getting, uh, you know, getting, uh, closing customers and getting them over the line. Uh, you know, if you, if you move further into my career, technology starts to play a bigger, much bigger role, right? Uh, and online specifically, um, uh, you know, play, plays a bigger role. Uh, and it's probably a huge part of how my view on sales and, and how we, how we do sales leadership today has probably developed, right? I had a, had a period of, of nine years with Google, uh, when selling nice. online advertising and marketing products was, was not as commoditized as it is today, probably, right? It was a, was a really cool place to be. Um, it was a really exciting time for me. Uh, a really interesting company to work for as well. Um, for sure. uh, again, a company that, a company that's born out of technology and product, uh, but, but turned, you know, overnight pretty much turned into one of the, arguably one of the biggest um, you know, sales, uh, uh, sales operations, uh, globally and, and probably arguably one of the companies of our times, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, after nine years there, swapping that for the, what I, what, what I would call a very steep learning curve, uh, but hugely rewarding period of, of my, of my sales leadership career with ad role over the last six years, um, you know, was, was a big step change for me, uh, you know, taking on a, a, a broader responsibility, taking on, um, much more, of a regional responsibility outside of, uh, outside of the relative, um, you know, the relative comfortable confines of a large, a large multinational like Google, um, you know, to a, a relative sort of, um, mid stage, well, early stage to mid stage startup, um, and really trying to figure out uh, how to, how to, how to build a sales organization, um, uh, uh, and, and how to really sort of get the most out of, um, uh, out of a sales leadership career. And that's been a really interesting last uh, period of my, my career. And it's, and it's led me to, to, to be taking the, the, the big leap of moving my family and, um, uh, and my wife, uh, my wife and children over to the U.S., uh, which is happening in the, in the middle of this year, in, in about five weeks time, actually, um, really? to take on this global role. So, yeah, to take on this global role, um, you know, where I've got to be thinking about, um, uh, sales leadership, of course, um, and, and how to motivate my, my sales groups, uh, but also, you know, sort of thinking about that on a, on a, on a much bigger scale at, the, at a global level. I love it. So that's a really cool journey. So, I mean, pretty advertising and pretty been involved in tech, like since it was born, like watching Google do what it did with a short stint as a drug pusher for a little bit, which taught you a yeah. lot of interesting skills. I know that world quite well as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. You've had an awesome journey. So, so that sets the stage. So now you're at role, mm-hmm. uh, you have this global responsibility. So, so you're, you're, you're actually be moving over to the United States now. It sounds like I didn't realize that that's actually a, a pretty big move for you. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be excited to, when you're over here, I'll come, I'll stop by your office, come visit you, man. Um, yeah, I look forward to that, Rob. <laughs> but you have, you have, if it's not the, it's arguably, it's one of the fastest growing MarTech companies in the world right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must sometimes feel like you got a tiger by the tail. Can you get into a little bit about what goes in? to having a high growth company stay in high growth mode from the leader's perspective. What, what is your kind of recipe for making sure that you don't start to slow down? Sure. Um, well, look at as a global, as a global sales leader, I, I do spend a lot of time thinking about, uh, about, about these things, about this question that you're, you're posing, Rob. I think about it in probably three key, uh, three key ways, right? I think if you're, if you're, as you're running a sales organization globally that is growing, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, not all growing at the same pace across the, across the globe, but, but certainly growing. I think about sort of consistency, um, alignment and accountability. 
so I'll, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about what I mean by that well, as, yeah. as it pertains to uh, from a sales leadership perspective and, and trying to continue success, right? Um, I mean, a consistency means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but I think when it comes to sales and sales leadership, it's about your forecast, right? It's about the narrative of how your business is performing, the consistency of the process that you run uh, your teams by, um, the metrics that you use to, to, you know, to hold your teams accountable um, uh, to, uh, and then, you know, how you really measure success uh, and, and the way that you use tooling to measure that success as well is really, really key. Um, where we've had consistent plans globally, they've worked really, really well, and we've gotten into good habits and patterns when it comes to consistency as well. That for me, that's been if you put that in place across the sales world, you get you get good results. Um, it's certainly been a key to to some of the successes that I've had in my career as well. Let alone the time that I've had at at, at Adroll. The second one I said, which is around alignment, right? Um, is really you know I, I think here. As a success factor in itself, it's probably, you know, uh, it's probably around relationships with our product organization, with our marketing organization, with key support teams that actually, um, you know, that, that help us do what we do. Uh, and in, in many ways are, you know, sort of the tip of the spear in, in, in what we're bringing, um, to market, um, and, uh, and, and a huge, a hugely important part of, uh, success, uh, for, for our sales teams as well especially in the technology side of the business as well. You know, one of the hugely really important roles that often gets overlooked, um, uh, you know, is the frontline aspect of having a view of the customer, right? And being able to articulate that to key stakeholders within the business across product and across marketing uh, to impact change is can be really powerful. And I think, again, is is something that if you get right and you can you do it consistently and, and keep doing it over and over again, then I think you can get really good results. Um, you know, again, Alignment also performs, you know, other important functions such as, um, you know, uh, you know, or the direction everybody's headed, right? It's like as long as you're aligned there across product marketing and sales, then I think you can have a, you can again, you're on on a path to success. Um, that's not just tactically, but also strategically as well. And then I think the final piece around accountability, um, you know, being a success factor and and something that you know sort of keeps you growing and and, and helps you keep growing. Um, again, that's that's you know if you're doing something, uh, it's you know that's worth doing, then you you should do it right, right? And I think you should hold people Without accountable to doing that job, doing that job right, right? Uh, if it doesn't work out, it's fine. Just hold your hands up, be accountable for the things you're going to do. I think sales organizations are historically held to the number, right? Um, but we do much more than that, right? We are again, like I said, we are the, the sometimes the tip of the spear when it comes to the customer and the attraction we have a customer. We also you know, drive, uh, drive key drivers and metrics in the business that are, you know, um, that are, that we hope we judge success by as well. But again, I, I, if you build credibility, uh, or if you build accountability within your, within your sales organization, it builds credibility and confidence in you as a leader, uh, from the sales, sales side of things and also as your group as a whole. Um, and that's really important when it comes to, um, you know, sort of trying to get your team to go the extra mile, trying to get your support teams to go the extra mile and, and, and try and re- create real success. And when it comes to investment, you get the investment because you have that credibility and you, you, yeah. you, you know, you're accountable for the things that you do. I, I think, you know, those are things that I, I absolutely try to, try to, you know, talk to my sales teams about, uh, uh, consistently over and over again. And, and, and any good plan that I put together on the sales side has always sort of had uh, these, those three elements in it, Rob. Oh, I love this. So, Marius, 
I uh, I had a number of things I thought we'd get into. I, I want to sit on your three things. This is like your holy trinity here, consistency, alignment, and, and accountability. Sure. I, I love it. So I've written them down. Can we dive just a little bit into each? You've given me some great stuff on each. Like this one-liner you just gave me that accountability leads to credibility. That could be mm-hmm. one of the most important things any sales leader, like every sales leader needs to write that down as they listen. Accountability leads to credibility. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. finish with that. Let's, let's start back on credibility for just, I mean, I'm sorry, on consistency for just a minute, if that's yep. okay. You gave me yep. three things. You said it's, it's the narrative to the forecast, it's the process and the metrics. Uh, and then I love the last one. It's how you measure success. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you made a really interesting point. Um, uh, that it's more than just the number. Um, mm-hmm. as you look at consistency, can you give like our listeners I, I know are going to be loving uh, this whole conversation. Consistency is an easy thing to say. You got to be consistent. Can you give me a couple sure. examples of how you've seen people become inconsistent, maybe almost unknowingly? Yeah, I think um, I can talk about it in two ways. I can I can give you sort of some examples of you know, or an example of you know, sort of at the individual uh, level. You know, if you think about uh, a sales a sales um, uh, person trying to hit trying to hit their number uh, on a on a on a you know on a monthly, quarterly, it might be a half yearly or or a yearly basis. I think if they have uh, the thing you the thing you really judge a, a salesperson and or say a sales individual by is, is the consistency of of their of the process that they run, um, uh, you know, on a uh, on a on a regular basis of the uh, of the updates that they give of the metrics that they use, um, uh, you know, being consistent with the with the with the metrics that the business use, uh, uses to. Um, uh, you know, to, to, to really sort of, uh, I guess, decide on what success actually is. If, if you see at an individual level, people being consistent across, across a number of those things, then I think you, you will, you will, you will, you will see a, a good, a, a good performing and successful sales rep over a period of time. Uh, I think at, at the team level, at the team level, it's, it's, um, uh, and, and as you start to get to the group level, what you want to see is you want to see the consistent practices that an individual, uh, uh you know, sort of does on a, on a, on a weekly, monthly and, and quarterly basis. You want that to come to bear on the group, right? You want, you want uh, the group to be doing those consistent things over and over again, getting into the good habits. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 the great patterns that we see from individual sales reps, that those are replicated across the team and you can start to see the team being more successful over time. And look, everybody, everybody does this at their own pace and everybody performs at a, at a, at a, at a different rate. The thing you've got to try and get to is having as much consistency within that group as you possibly can from, from, uh, starting from the individual level right through to, uh, to the team level, um, as well. I, I hope that makes sense. It totally makes sense, Marius, and I'm loving it. You're, this is like, you're, you're just absolutely speaking my language, and, and I'm glad that you're willing to go a little bit deeper on that one because it's no super easy. It's super easy for a sales leader to say, hey, I'm going to be consistent. Like I see it all the time. Hey, uh, X number of consecutive quarters of hitting our number, which is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we sign up for. But guys like you that have been doing this long enough are saying, Hey, if I have consistency in the process at the individual level, I have reason to believe I'll, I will have that consistency of outcomes. So that's yeah, and it, it com- that. yeah. yeah, it comes back then, um, you know, when you start to think about investment decisions then Rob, in, 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 in different parts of your business, if you have consistency, if you can prove that you've had consistency, uh, you know, quarter on quarter, 
it, it really starts to come to bear. Um, you again, it, it builds it builds the credibility, it builds the confidence in your business that you're able to actually go and deliver, uh, you know, and can and can scale um, what you're doing as well. I think that's another important piece of consistency. If you if you have those things down, you can uh, you can uh, you know you can spend some time thinking about how you scale those uh, across uh, larger groups. And certainly as I've come into the global role, I've been thinking more and more about well, how do I scale this individual part of my business is doing really well. You know, how do I make all parts of my business, um, you know, uh, be as successful as those? Okay. I, uh, I love that. So that's, that's, let's leave that one at consistency. I, I love that, that you're, that's the first part. If you aren't consistent, you will have a hard time building the kind of credibility that you want if you're going to be a high growth leader. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. That, the next one was alignment. And, and you talked about a lot of things about alignment and I wrote some good notes down. But what I really liked, uh, as I listened to you speak about that, Marius, was it was alignment and all of the moving parts in one common direction. And the bigger you are, the harder I think that challenge must be. Um, any pointers on how to make sure alignment actually is something that you can do instead of talk about? Yeah, uh, again, something I, I think uh, an awful lot about. And it's something I engage at a leadership level um, a lot about as well, Rob. I mean, it, I I think the... You know, there's two ways that alignment can happen. You can have bottoms up alignment where, um, you know, teams, uh, teams align at a, at a certain level within the organization and, uh, and will, you know, will, will march in the same direction. You've got bottom down alignment as well, right? Which is really about that, that team of leaders in, in a room at the beginning of each quarter, at the beginning of each cycle, at the beginning of each year, you know, setting a direction and, uh, and, and, you know, setting the, um, uh, you know, setting the, the essentially the, um, where, where that, where the ship is headed. Uh, and, you know, some, something about that is, is, um, is, is then actually, you know, following through on, on, uh, on what you've set out from an alignment perspective across each of the, each of the departments within the business, uh, and, and really sort of, you know, really, really leading, uh, with alignment, um, almost across that group. I, I think if you've got, if you've got those, both those things working, um, you know, well together, then again, uh, you know, from a tactical perspective, you've got it, You've got it happening at the at the lower uh, ends of the organization. From a strategic perspective, you've got it happening at the, the, the upper end of the organization. You get those two things working together. I think that that can be really really powerful. But mm-hmm. but I am a firm believer that that alignment starts in the rim with the with those leaders across those departments that I've mentioned before, especially in a technology company, product, yeah. marketing, um, you know, operations and the support uh, functions uh, and sales in the mix. You know. Everybody must be aligned and, and, and trying to uh, to head in the same direction. I think you get much, much better outcomes then. Yeah. I, the reason that you see me pause on that, Marius, and I, I love your insights on this, is I, I found that you're, you're, you're right, that that is a really important thing. And, and alignment, I, I think there's a lot of times where you think you have it, and sometimes it turns out you don't. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, anything that you would say like is like you've given us the two things that you think got to be working. I love it. Is there like a most common culprit that you would advise our leaders that are listening to you right now from either big or small companies? Hey, if there's one thing that you kind of keep your eye open for, what would it be that is like a, a leading indicator of a good alignment or bad alignment? Yeah, I, I would absolutely have to say probably the, the number one thing is, uh, is how engaged uh, you are that, that from a relationship perspective or how engaged your teams are right with each other. I think that's absolutely a clear indicator of, of alignment. 
you know, you you may not always be aligned, but uh, but if you but if you're engaged um, and you are, you know, again, the simple things communicating well and 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 you know and uh, and informing and uh, and uh, you know and, and creating a narrative, um, you know, a collective narrative, then I think that's probably if you you know if you if you start to see that drop off, Rob, you you tend to start to see alignment drift as well, right? Um, that's good. So I think I think it's really really important that that. Again, at a, if I think about myself in my in my leadership role, that I continue to engage with product and marketing, with key support, with the key teams around me, key leaders around me. Um, uh, I think that also sets the tone, obviously, for our for our teams then to to engage and uh, and be um, and be engaged at at, a, at their levels as well. But I think that's probably the one where you start to see less engagement, um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you you start to see less alignment as well, mm-hmm. and you don't always need to you know you don't always need to um, to agree right to get alignment. I mean, like alignment might be a, a disagreement, and you know uh, you just you, you you get to a place where uh, where you can figure you can figure out a path forward. But I think the moment you start to see you know uh, disengaged teams, uh, you start to see uh, you know sort of alignment drop off as well. Love it. Last one you have is accountability, and this is where he said, "If it's worth doing, you do it right." And my my line that I've written down that I, you're going to hear me say more than once, you know, this accountability leads to credibility. Um, mm-hmm. Accountability, you know, I saw a really funny infographic once where it had the the word accountability in big giant letters, uh, but the, yep. the the U, the letter U in accountability, had been knocked over, and then there was footprints like like it was running away from it. Meaning everyone sure, likes sure. accountability until sure. it's applied to you. Any yeah, ways totally. that you can talk about how do you have accountability be a, a culture builder that, you know, isn't a negative thing. Accountability in my mind is a positive thing. Any, any tips on yeah. that? Have accountability be a, a really important part of a great culture? Yeah, I, I think, I think it, it absolutely begins with, um, and, and this is something that you, you know, that we, that, that uh, leaders talk about all the time, but we, it begins with being authentic as a leader, right? I think, uh, if you're authentic as a leader, you will you will generally uh, you know for, in terms of in terms of how people see you, you will generally be seen as someone who has credibility, who is you know is 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 genuine, um, who can be trusted uh, as a leader. And um, and if you start at that point, then I think you can then you can then start to um, you can then start to you know to figure out well. You know, if I'm accountable for something that doesn't go well, then I'll be my authentic self, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll be clear that it hasn't gone well, and I was, I was the one that um, was accountable for it. Um, you know, if you're not accountable for something, now on the flip side, you, 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 you as an authentic leader, a, a trusted leader, someone who has credibility within the organization, you can, you can call out, um, you know, where accountability hasn't been shown, right? And I think again, you've got the credibility to do that when you can do that as well. So, so I believe it, it, it starts at that point. I think. You know, I always, I always, I always talk about sort of standing up in front of teams at the beginning of the quarter, at the end of the quarter, whatever, whatever stage in the quarter. You, you just got to be genuine. You just got to be yourself, right? You got to be the person that uh, um, uh, that that is accountable for uh, for for the strategy. You got to be accountable for the for the for sending the your troops or your team in in in, uh, in a certain direction. Uh, and if you don't do that authentically, and you don't do that with that, coming from that uh, from that place, then I think it's much more difficult as a leader, but I think that's where it all starts. I love it. Th- those are so good. That blueprint, those non-negotiables, I, that's a fantastic one. Thank you so much for being willing to share that. Let's let's shift off of this and get into a little bit different topic now, if that's okay. 
I want to get your take on this. I can't wait. I've been dying to ask you this question, Maris. What's harder, getting into high growth mode or staying there? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, they're, they're, they're both hard, right? Um, yes, no I doubt. Think, I th- yeah. Again, I think probably for me, my experience has been uh, across the spectrum, right? I've, I've again, I joined, I joined uh, again. Speaking to my own experience, I joined Google at a at a high growth stage, um, but but man, in the last number of years, I was in Google. It, you know, we 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 started to, to you know figure out operationally how we maintain that growth. You know, how do we how do we really just become more efficient, effective at what we do to try and maintain that growth? Adroll, a very similar story. You know, joining at a at a time when Adroll's on a on a on a steep steep curve of growth. Um, uh, at the beginning, you know, sort of at the at the mid at the mid stage, early mid stage, um, uh, and then you know, finding ourselves now, uh, you know, as a more mature mature company, you know, how do we maintain that growth? How do we think about growth in a different way and um, uh, you know, become again more effective, more efficient operationally? Think about how we how we do uh, how we do sales, how we do marketing, how we do all the things that we're you know that we um, that we help our customers with as well. So I think in their own ways, they're they're both hard. Um, Rob, I, do you want me to call it? And which one's harder? It's, it's, I'm just interested. Uh, in, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's always interesting to me. I meet high growth leaders, and and I I, I always find that interesting because you're right. They are both tough to do. So yeah, yeah. I, there, there's definitely uh, there's definitely there. You know, it's exciting in the beginning when you're when you're in that high growth high growth stage. Um, it's uh, it's rewarding in a different way when you're at the you know sort of trying to maintain the growth stage because again you're 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 forced into thinking about the business in a different way you're forced into pivoting how you think about the business um, uh, and constantly you know sort of cycle through sort of how how you do things and um, and uh, so th- so they have, they present their own challenges um, uh, regardless of stage. Uh, and so I guess that shifts into the, the thing that I wanted to kind of spend a little bit of time on before we start wrapping up here, and we're doing good on time. Um, a company like yours, you're, you're, you're leading sales globally. You have a number of sales managers regionally spread out around the world and then running teams. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with your organization, as you know. And how, how do you help your sales managers have impact with their reps? I can't wait to get your take on this one because you, you have this global perspective. Any pointers you could give to sales managers that they could, how do you make sure your reps, you know, continue to grow, continue to develop, make sure that they don't stagnate. I think those are really important things that you have an interesting perspective on. Yeah. I, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, you, I've got, I've, I've got a, um, a great, a, a really, really strong, um, you know, sort of perspective on, on, you know, sort of promoting sales managers from within. I believe you, I believe you in, we're in as, in as much as you can. I think you should, uh, you know, you should take, uh, it's not, they're not necessarily your best salespeople, but you should take the people that are, that have ambition, uh, you know, who are performing within your organization, you within your sales organization and, and absolutely, you know, consider them for leadership and management positions. I think that's, it comes back to my, my, you know, my original sort of thesis around, you know, the consistency, uh, it, 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 it brings consistency to your business as you, as you start to grow, grow your business. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, I, I think the thing I always say to, to sales managers is that they are going to go on a on a very I, I, can't, I think a very clear and defined um, journey when they first become managers. They're they're still an expert, right? They're still an expert in sales, and um, they've probably been you know a solid 
uh, if not high performing, um, you know, salesperson themselves. They know the job. They know the job that they're managing. Um, uh, you know, the 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 the, their, the people on their team uh, too. So they are the they are still they still remain experts in what in 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 the job itself. I think that that starts to change over time, right? And you start to get into a place where you become much more of a much more of a coach, much more of a mentor, much more of a um, you know uh, a facilitator as um, when it, as when it comes to you know sort of your individual hitting their number or, or you know reaching uh, their metrics uh, or the team overall hitting their metrics. Um, and in and in that, then you need to start become you know you need to start to think across. Uh, you know, uh, depending on the size of the sales team you have, you need to start to think analytically about, you know, sort of, uh, you know, what strengths you have within uh, within the team uh, at an individual level or at a group level, and, you know, potentially where you have weaknesses and where you need, you know, or where you need to develop the team or the individual. Um, and so you need to start thinking about it in a much more, um, you know, sort of analytical way in terms of, in terms of, uh, you know, you know, your business and, and bringing your business uh uh, to successful outcomes. Um, that, that's the thing that I talk, uh, you know, a lot to my um, to my sales managers about. I also, again, talk to them about the, you know, making sure they have consistency, alignment, accountability to their to their businesses as well. Mm. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the reasons why we have a we have a we, you know we started our relationship with you guys, Rob, as well, was to you know to 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 help us understand. You know, at what stages, you know, uh, our reps were in terms of, in terms of their own development, giving our managers the ability to be able to sort of, you know, see again, analyze, analyze the team and see where, where they might need help, uh, throughout the sales pipeline or throughout the, the, you know, the metrics pipelines that they're running. So, so for me, it, it, it you know, it's, it's taking that, uh, you know, going from being, uh, an expert in your field, um, and, and you, you know, one of the team to, to being that much more of a, a, a coach, mentor, facilitator for for the whole group, um, and also at an individual level when you're manager, sales manager. That's super good insight. So I do want to go one level deep on this before we have one more thing, and then we'll wrap this up. I, yeah. I know about the Admiral commitment to coaching. You you kind of indicated that we're doing some work together, and 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 I, yeah. I appreciate. It. I love your commitment to coaching. Almost every sales leader that gets on our show brings that up. Could you just share just maybe a couple of thoughts you have about why you are so committed to strong coaching at AdRoll? Because you are, and you have some unique yep. thoughts. I've been really impressed with the AdRoll kind of thoughts and approach to coaching. I wonder if you could just share a thought or two around why you're committed and maybe a best practice or two. Yeah. Uh, so why we're, why we're committed to coaching? Um, I mean, it's 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 kind of been in our uh, has always been sort of in the in the AdRoll DNA. We, uh, again, like I said, we, we promote from within. We tend to, to, you know, we tend to see people grow, develop, um, you know, through their, uh, through their careers in Adderall. Now, some people stay with Adderall. Some people, you know, go off and, uh, and, and become part of other organizations, um, uh, on, on their journey. But I think when you do that, when you have that sort of ethos as a company, it, it means that you have, you have to really put a, an emphasis on, on ensuring that, uh, when you put, uh, you know, uh, salespeople in manager roles or, or when you put salespeople into new roles or if you bring a salesperson into your organization just, you know, to start off uh, in their career uh, with ad role, that you, you really provide them with the support, um, to, to become, you know, to come, to excel at their role, right? And become really good at what they do or become excellent at what they do. And I think that, you know, when you've got an ethos within the organization around coaching, you, know, you um, 
you provide your manager with the tools um, ultimately uh, to you know to be able to coach better um, and uh, and and the coaching experience for the individual uh, is a much richer experience as well you know employing things like tools like um, exvoyant as well you know really help us uh, really help us provide structure and um, and process around how you, how you coach as well right which I think is another really really important piece so some of the sort of um, you know tips tips around coaching yeah I mean you know very often very often um, you know uh, you know sales reps specifically you know they don't know what they don't know right and and, and so I, I glad think, you said uh, that. Yeah, they don't know what they don't know. And I, I think, um, uh, you know, providing them with a platform where they can actually, uh, you know, uh, engage in a coaching, um, you know, experience one to one or engage with a coaching uh, experience through a tool, you know, really does allow them to sort of, you know, uh, you know, get a view of the things that they may need to work on or the things that they're really good at or, or the things that they, you know, that they, that they may be interested in, um, in, uh, pursuing, uh, you know, longer term as well. So I think for me, it's 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 shining a light on some of those areas. Um, coaching does that. I think um, you know tools provided to help coaching do that as well. Um, all very very important things I think in that in that in that sort of overall development and learning process. Once again, you have some great insights that shine the light. I've often said light is the greatest disinfectant, and uh, and, and I sure. love your, your approach to coaching that. You know, it's not that something's broken. It's that we're investing in your development. And I, tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I've learned as we work with a lot of companies like you. I found that people aren't res- like reps. They aren't resistant to change. They're just resistant to bad coaching. That's what they're resistant to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you can really connect in a way that they believe that your interests are to help them, I've found that they welcome it. Have you seen some yeah. things? Yeah, I, I think I think where you get the richest experience is when you uh you know, when you help the individual uncover this this themselves, right? Um you you you, you absolutely point them in the right direction, you give them you give them feedback, um, you know, important feedback, but you know, ultimately it comes from the individual. They are you know, you give them the platform to be able to discover to discover these things themselves, the areas where they need help, uh the areas where they are strong. Um uh again I think the more you can help the individual uncover these things themselves, the richer the, the coaching experience. I think that's the that's the key for me. Um, and, and I think again, you know, if you have the tools, if you have the right manager, if you have the right, uh, you know, the right things in place, uh, uh, the right environmental factors as well, then I think you know you can provide a place where where that uh, where you can you know the velocity of that experience can be really really um, really really uh, high and, uh, and and lead to success. So I think I think it's a it's, for me, it's it's about helping helping the individual uncover. Marius, I love it. I, I I could talk to you for hours. We are we are running low, and I appreciate that, Rob. Thank super you. Super insightful. I want to finish the way I finish with everyone. The rapid fire, three rapid fire, quick quick questions. You ready? Oh, okay, okay. Pressure. Yeah. Number one, man. Biggest sales leadership challenge, and how do you overcome it? Biggest sales leadership challenge. Uh, Great question. Uh, look, I've been, I've been for, well, actually, you know, I, I might be able to answer this and I've been fortunate in my time, uh, uh, you know, to sort of not, you know, to not come across too many big challenges. Well, I guess actually, you know, the biggest challenge by far is to build, to build regional and global teams for me. Um, you know, uh, making sure the right team structures in place, making sure that you're thinking globally. Um, uh, you know, making sure that you're able to do, you know, do the, the right velocity, velocity so that it doesn't impact culture, those sorts of things. I think before, yeah, probably, that's probably the biggest, biggest challenge. Well, that's the biggest challenge. Like, how do you, 
how do you overcome it? One, one thought, like if there's one way to build a regional team, is it back to your holy trinity, consistency, alignment, accountability, or is there something else that you would say, how do you overcome that? Uh, yeah, I, I think actually I would say depending on, the, you know, depending on how, how quickly you can, you know, how quickly you can do it. I, I, I think, you know, be measured. I mean, like, I, I don't, don't be reckless, right? Sort of ah, take it. risks, take, take risks, but don't be reckless. I mean, I, I go back to, again, just, uh, just a quick sort of anecdote. We, when, when I first built the team out here in, uh, in Dublin and EMEA, we, we grew from not to a hundred people in 365 days, which was crazy growth. Um, I think we did it a little bit too fast, to be honest. And it, it, we, you know, uh, I would have been a little bit more measured if I had done it over again. That's a great one. Okay. You're the first one to give us that answer for that question. And thank you for sharing that one. Number two, no this is a relatively new question. It's already a fan favorite. I cannot wait to hear yours. Our, our listeners have asked us, ask your guests, Rob, what is their favorite interview question when interviewing potential reps? Uh, best interview question. Uh, I, I, look, I, I, I'm a big fan of, of, of understanding, you know, the cognitive ability of individuals. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any one one question that I ask, but I, I tend to be very curious around their ability to um, to problem solve. I mean, like that for me is really, really big. I think when when you think about salespeople, they, you know, uh, they have to be dynamic. You know, they can't, they, they are going to be, you know, when they lift the phone or they, they send an email or they have an interaction, they meet someone in person, you just never know what it's going to turn up, right? So I think they just have to be able to think on their feet and be able to be dynamic. Um, I think if you drill in around problem solving cognitive ability, I think that's for me is, as a real clear indicator that someone can, can succeed as sales. Love it. Last one. We're on the home stretch, man. Leaders or readers, uh, anything you would, you would suggest that our listeners, I don't care if it's pages they turn or blogs or they list that they're reading or even audibles that they're listening to, anything that you would suggest a, a leader ought to add to their, their library of materials that they're, they're using to stimulate what they're thinking about. Yeah. I, I look at, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of people. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of people, of individual experiences of sales leaders. I, I love, I love autobiographies of, 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 uh, you know, of people who've shown entrepreneurial and, and, and scaled leadership, um, you know, growing businesses from nothing to, to, to large organizations. I think, you know, for me, that is a, is a source of, it's always a source, source of, um, perspective, um, uh, you know, and, you know, what, what, what's interesting about reading, uh, you know, sort of, uh, how, how great sales leaders and, and great entrepreneurs have, you know, have made their journey. There's a lot of consistency in what they do and how they do it. I think you, you can start to build up a, 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 a you know, very much a, a, a blueprint of, of, you know, how to be successful, um, not just in sales, but I think in business. Super good suggestion. That's it, man. I hope it wasn't too painful. Uh, Marius, this was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. I expected to enjoy it. I enjoyed it even more than I thought. Your depth is awesome. Your success is something that just you don't even have to talk about. You just point to it. Congratulations you, on building such a robust, thriving global sales org. You know, he started as a drug pusher and now he's an iconic leader for one of the fastest growing, uh, Mart, Martech companies in the world. Marius Smith, thank you so much for joining us. How do they get more of you and more of AdRoll, uh, to continue the conversation on their own? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at, um, uh, it's absolutely seek me out on, on LinkedIn. Happy to, happy to talk to anybody. Um, 
uh, I'm, I'm going to be moving to the States as well. So I'm going to be very much, uh, you know, globally focused. So anybody across the globe, um, who wants to get in touch, uh, whether, whether, you know, the Adderall product itself has piqued their interest or anything that I've talked about today, happy to, happy to engage. Um, you can get, you can get us at Adderall, uh, www.adderall.com as well. Um, uh, happy to, happy to, you know, to have conversations with new businesses, um, uh, depending on their, where they are at the stage in their own development. Beautiful. He uses accountability to create credibility. Marius Smith, head of global sales for Admiral. Thanks for joining us, my friend, and happy selling. Thanks very much, Rob. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? And it was fantastic getting to speak with Marius. I love Adroll. Uh, it's a fast-growing company. They're doing really cool things. Marius is a terrific sales leader. And to get a global sales leader that's working uh, to, to maintain high growth in a worldwide market in something you know as hot as, as advertising and marketing tech is a great opportunity for us. My advice to you is to go back and listen to this one a couple times. Uh, I appreciate all the, the the feedback we're getting from the listeners, and I love the stories on how you take notes and you're using these these episodes. This was a great one. I could dive into a lot of things. I loved his holy trinity of the things that really lead to not just getting into high growth but staying there, uh, of consistency, alignment, and accountability. Um, there's a couple of things that I really want to, uh, as I go back and listen to it, that I want to reflect on. And he said it in the first five minutes of the episode – but everything he said afterwards really reflected it when he said accountability leads to credibility. And I think if you're going to be a sales leader, credibility is going to be the bullet that's most important for you to fire. It's going to be that currency. Bullet's a bad word. It's the currency that you'll trade on. It might be your most important asset. And he talked a lot about you know accountability. He said it starts with the narrative around forecasts. Uh, and it goes to everything else. Are, are you accountable? Uh, are you, it makes it so you can do all of these things. And, and I sat back and I started to think, how important is that credibility really? And you don't have to look much farther than right now the average, uh, tenure for a VP of sales is 19 months. It's been dropping, uh, a few years ago. It was 25, 26 months and now it's down to 19 and it's falling. And there's a lot of reasons why, uh, for that. But I think most of it comes back to do we have, are you, how credible are you? And I think that if you go back and listen to this episode, it provides a blueprint for building credibility that will allow you to, you know, get, get things funded that will help you grow, help you work through challenges, help you create that alignment that he said was so important. I thought that was the other really key part that as sales leaders, we play a bigger role in achieving alignment with the other departments than maybe we think. And that he said alignment starts with all the department heads and all the leaders in a room talking together. And, you know, we as sales leaders, since we're the ones at the point of the lance, we should make sure that creating that alignment with the other groups is something that we drive rather than participate in. Because it's your reps and your sales success that depends on alignment with the other people. So rather than hope for it, expect it, uh, point fingers when it's not there, look in the mirror, uh, go back to one of, uh, one of Marius's other levers of accountability and, be, and own the responsibility for creating that alignment. I love it. I, I think if you sit down right now and you go back and you say, what are the things I, I'm doing to build credibility? 
credibility with my reps, credibility with my peers, credibility to my leaders and investors. Um, I, I think that you'll see that there's a, there's a lot of things that we can do and, and, and his three levers, consistency, alignment, and accountability. That's a blueprint for credibility and, and those with more credibility will have more success. You'll be able to buy time when you need it. You'll be able to inspire people on the regular basis rather than just from time to time. You'll have people reaching out to you for help. And I really thought that when he talked about coaching, it really kind of was the cherry on top because he talked about the importance of having um, consistency in what people do throughout a team. And that's when coaching came up as we were talking about consistency and outcomes is cool, but it's when you have consistency and process, that's when you can start having that variance and outcomes go away. And as a company that looks at sales performance for hundreds of teams around the world, what I found is there's no standard distribution of how a team is distributed. This idea of a pretty bell curve and you just move the middle is just absolute crap. We find that most of the time people are outliers. Instead of 70 to 80% of reps in the middle, 60 to 70% are either top or bottom performers, and only 30 to 35% are in the middle. And it's because we allow for this variance. And so Marius is spot on when he said coaching will help you uh, reduce that variance in what goes to the process. And if you can get that process to be more consistent, very quickly what you'll see, and, and our study and our work with other companies bears this out, coaching uh, creates an environment where you start to see variants disappear. And so my advice to you is go back and listen, key into what he talks about coaching. We work with a lot of companies and, and AdRoll really has a great approach to coaching. Um, make sure that you are making the coaching a positive thing. I really loved his, his best practice where he said you want to f uh, shine light and help fuel the discovery of what will help a rep improve rather than dictate. Anyway, that was a great episode. Go back and listen to it. Make sure that you are doing things that build credibility. And the more, um, the more accountable you are, the more credible you will be. Thanks to Marius. Thanks to each of you. Really love getting the, the feedback and, and more people are asking to add a couple new questions that I ask here and there. Uh, thanks to each of you for, for doing that. Tenille, you'll be hearing your questions showing up here in a week or two. And, uh, as always, don't worry, just execute because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com. <laughs>